Welcome back to Pastor Plex Podcast. I am so glad that you're joining us. Make sure you share, like, subscribe, all the things, even before we get started, because this is going to be fun. Uh, with me in the studio today is none other than Mrs. Katie Sass. Welcome, Katie. Hey. And then, of course, we have Mr. Questions. Tony Nelson is with us. Well, hello. And then Machine Gun Nick is back for another round. He's going to he's gonna pray and spray. So we're going to be excited about this experience with you. Welcome, Machine Gun Nick. <laughs> Your face. Hello. <laughs> pray All right, here's, 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 the, <laughs> here's the question that, uh, that, that was really sort of odd. This came in this Sunday, and this is from just a random person said, hey, mm. Never listened to the podcast or been to your church, but I hear you guys help out the community. So I was on the website and found this number. Basically, I've lived an insufferable life that is filled with nothing but pain and poverty. I do not have a single friend or family member, but for some reason, even being without a home or without anyone that loves me, I managed to still believe in God. That is until this summer. Strangely enough, the recent scientific support for the possibility of intelligent life on other planets has me questioning my faith. I have managed to always believe in science and the Bible. I've excused the church's ignorance and oftentimes dismal understanding of dinosaurs, but I will need an answer on UAPs, formerly UFOs. Uh, Christianity is asking people to blindly trust them without any evidence or despite scientific findings like dinosaur bones is making Christianity seem more and more like a cult to me. My question is, why does the church bury its head in the sand as this new science develops and refuse to give people the answers they are seeking. P.S. I never believe the whole mummified alien hoax in Mexico, but there are other more reputable sources giving me doubt. Katie? What? You got this. What do you think? That is a person clearly passionate about... But why does that matter to him? I, I mean, clearly it matters. Like he, like you're concerned about aliens and dinosaurs. Uh, well, who cares about aliens and dinosaurs? Well, he probably needs a house first. Uh, that, that's well, he a, needs some friends. Yes, he does. He doesn't have friends. He doesn't have any family. Okay, the family part is sad. Yeah, but like, get some friends. Yeah. Okay, get some friends. He, he might need a recommendation and on how to get friends. Some Just, Christian friends. Yeah. You go to a park. And you go to a party. <laughs> say, can I be your friend? <laughs> I just so that's just, all, that's a full circle one on that one. Way to go, Tony. Well, just to come to our church. Yeah, I don't know. Come, if you're, like, if you're uh, listening, clearly, come to our church. You're on the website looking at our church. Yeah, uh, you can come to our church, and we might even be your friend. Because if this is stressing him out, yeah, he needs friends. Yeah. Okay. Well, like, but what if it's more than? Because clearly, and maybe this is why he doesn't have friends. Is that, because he's stressing out about this stuff. Okay, but 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 maybe that's because people like don't give him a, a solid hearing. Tony, sure. Can you give him a solid hearing on why this is not? You're not a complete crazy didn't. person. No, 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 not that not. I'm saying. He's, I think you have. You're jumping to like what your desperate need is isn't a theological understanding. You need right. community. Like, you need you community need friends. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So I've actually had this conversation with several Christians. Like, no, that this go, conversation. Yes, that Stop go to, it right now. That go to this church <laughs> about what what are the implications if there are aliens out there for our faith, or I can't. what what about dinosaurs? I mean, look, it's it's a question that people ask. People are asking. People this ask question. this question. Hey, they're they're and in it's Congress it's talking fine. about this question. It, yeah, it's exactly right. So the question, I I don't think it should be one that that shakes our faith foundationally, but I do think it's an important thing just to wrap your mind around what are the implications if there is intelligent life out there that's not human, does that 
Does that change anything? From my perspective, it doesn't. It doesn't right. change the foundation of, of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross for us. Mm-hmm. But for some people, they don't fully think it through. And to your point, they don't have a community to chat this stuff over with. And so they just kind of come up with some weird stuff in their head and they don't exactly have other people to say, Hey, you're off base on this. Let's talk about it. So that, that's a, that's in, a great in fact, point. can I, this is how the pantheon of Greek gods, Egyptian gods, Roman gods, the pantheon of all the gods, they come from unexplained yeah. stuff. And then you make up an answer you have to. to fit that in. And, and so right. I think this is, it's an appropriate thing for us to address. What do you do when you see something you cannot explain? Yeah. Absolutely. Now, to to part of their question, they said that the church buries its head in sand. I would say that's probably not true of all churches. Right. I know plenty of of theologians that do try and talk about what do we make of things like dinosaur bones or things that appear to be incredibly old. And you know, you've got sort of the new earth and the old earth philosophies that are out there, which clearly demonstrates the fact that the church does not all adhere to one right. single and thought process. Right, and we've thought about it. I, I think yeah, we, exactly. we have thought about this. And and and, and I'd say, the like, because usually people go, all right, well, come on, Pastor Plek, give me an answer. What are those UAPs, formerly known as UFOs? And I, I would say it could be angelic, it could be demonic, it could be God wanting to send a sign. God can do anything he wants to, or it could be completely rational explanation. The problem is, what I appreciate about like the congressional hearings with the they were bipartisan. It was people talking about stuff they saw, and nobody can ever deny someone's experience. Like you saw something, you experienced something. I don't know what you saw. You don't have any proof beyond what you saw, and you don't have and you have some sort of video of it. And we all know that video can be messed with and jacked with, and so that's not even proof of diddly squat. The problem yeah. is, what do you do with it? And I don't know how to handle that experience. Well, so, so I want people to think about this, like usually, at least from the conversations I've had around other intelligent life, their, their concern is, well, I thought people were going to be the only intelligent life to which I would say, well, if you think about what we see just biblically, you have the notion of angelic beings, which are not moronic. You have the notion of Nephilim, of cherubim, Mm -hmm. of seraphim, and in the spiritual side of things, they were there before us. Right. So, so we weren't the first intelligent things that God has created. Is it plausible that there could be something else out there? Sure. Yeah. Does it change the fact that our salvation is legitimate for the human race? No, it doesn't change that. Right. Just like the existence of angels didn't change the sacrifice that Jesus had to had to exactly. go through on the cross. So, I, I think that as long as you can think through and process through some of this of does it does it change the Christian faith? No, right. It does not. And and, and I think the other thing to look at is when I think back to creation and um, uh, Michael Heisler is probably the one that's probably best known for this, but the Divine Council. And we we haven't really talked about it much because it's so confusing to me. Uh, but it can go a whole bunch of different routes where you can even come up with like, oh, I can see how like Achilles and Hercules were actual people that had an angelic or demonic uh, and uh, human coexistence and they left the divine council and went down a direction. And so there's unexplained things that you could, we don't have all the knowledge. All we have is mythologies from across the globe, but probably a lot of stuff is people made it up to explain stuff. But also on the flip side, when you talk about Nephilim, now you're talking about the possibility of yep. angelic beings interacting yeah, with, with human people. beings to right. create a new form of mm-hmm. being mm-hmm. that 
hasn't that that God did away with when He destroyed the earth yeah. uh, or destroyed the world with a flood, which brings us back to the rainbow. Uh, but like, I think that's the part where there's a lot of stuff we don't know, and yeah. just because we don't know doesn't mean we have blind faith. What it does mean is that based on the specific revelation that God has given us, we are uh, sorry. Theology is faith-seeking understanding. And so based upon the divine revelation that God has given us, we don't need to prove anything, which is why I think sometimes the church comes off as a little bit condescending to people who continually ask questions about, like, what about, what about, what about, what about? No, and I think that it just means if it sounds ridiculous, stop giving it any time of day. <laughs> right, but what well, can happen is a person hears that and they feel like they've been rejected. No, and- it just means like, hey, let's maybe focus on more important things Sure, and maybe, maybe the more important thing is why don't you have – you know, a job and family and friends and why not like, like get, maybe get out there and like do something else sure. instead of thinking well, about all this okay, crazy but think stuff about this. in your head. Everything that we enjoy today at one point was a ridiculous concept. That's true. I have a question. Everything was. Yeah. What? Uh, am I, was, wasn't dragons mentioned in the Bible? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, at least a couple times. And what did dinosaurs resemble? Dragons? Possibly. Mm-hmm. Now, is that because, yeah, that's a great question. I mean, Dragons are really more brought about in Revelation, not so right. much in Genesis. But I, I can, but sea monsters, sea monsters yep. are kind of where you go with that, and yeah. you're like, maybe that's very possible. So, uh, yeah, where are all the dinosaur bones? You're not finding a lot of them in the Middle East. You're finding them all in Texas. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's a yeah. great question. It I, it, it's a great question. Yeah. I'm honestly kind of annoyed we didn't do the other one, but. It's fine. <laughs> Well, we're going to get to that question uh, in next week. Tony, you need to come back for that one. I'm in Japan. Oh, gosh. Wow. How, like, sophisticated. Okay, how about this? How about this? I, <laughs> I think we, kind of, we nailed that question. Why don't I read this question? And I, I want to hear your guys' take on it. Because I, I think the, the answer is, to why does the church bury its head in the sand as new science develops and refuse to give people the answers they're seeing? I don't think we're, we have, like, some secret that we're keeping from you. I think it's that we give you all we know, and to Katie's point, on stuff that actually isn't pragmatically mattering, we don't worry about it because it doesn't affect our soul or eternity. Mm-hmm, right. All right, so to the question that Katie was referring to, um, and it's not really a question, it's just a comment that was so powerful, I feel like it's worthy of sharing. So can I can I talk about that yeah, for, go for, for just one second? Yeah, so yeah. I, I think there's a, uh, a common thing that I experience when I'm chatting with people about science versus theology. It's like science is there to test and examine the physical world around us. Right. Right. And to methodically figure out why things operate the way they do. But that's not the purpose of theology as a, as a concept, right? That's, that's there to answer the metaphysical questions. Why do we exist? What's our purpose? Um, what happens to us after we die? None of that is testable by scientific methodologies, right? And so you have, you have very different questions that science and theology are looking to answer. So when you, mm-hmm. when you start to blend the two, uh, it gets a little bit tricky. And this is where a lot of the conflict between those two, uh, begin to originate. But there are a lot of theologians that talk about, uh, the creation side of things from a scientific perspective. Right. Oh, and for you sure. can easily go find, the scientific documents that those uh, professors who are Christians will put out about how they believe that science proves Genesis correct. I agree. I think the challenge is that people oftentimes don't do research on both sides. Right. They'll find something that causes them to doubt and then don't also go look up things that strengthen their faith. Right. But that also goes into like, we're at a time where science 
who paid for this for for the research. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, sure. it, 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 and unfortunately, good. and then people are like, trust the science when the whole thing about science is asking questions. Mm-hmm. You know? No, I think that's good. I I do feel like we're in the information age, so right. there is no question. Like, you don't. I, I don't want to make this like a thumbs down on college. I'm not doing that, but. Back in the day, you went to a college because they had all the books and all the professors and all the people yes. that had all the knowledge and learning. And you Correct. went to them and you paid a whole bunch of money for it for access, so yeah. that you could get the information. Yeah. We live in the information age where now information is ubiquitous. It's free for everybody everywhere. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that you couldn't look up how to do. If you want to be an air conditioner repair person, you can train yourself through YouTube and it's going to happen. Sure. And, and so what I think that means is anything you don't know that you feel like you should know it's up to you and do the research. And I think the problem that we have is we have lazy people who want to be spoon fed answers that agree with whatever their emotional heart is telling them in Mm -hmm. the moment. And I think that becomes problematic because we don't have a, because there isn't, there isn't the bastion of knowledge somewhere uh, other than God. And that's why when, when remember we said education would solve all our problems. Mm -hmm. We now have more access to more, we have all the access to all the education there is currently at your fingertips for free. I mean, no, I need you. What you used to have to pay Harvard, whatever, whatever for is free. Now, maybe to curate it, you need to pay someone for that. Like uh, maybe you pay a thousand dollars for someone to curate the list of videos for you to go through for your current path to life that you want to get on. But information is a hundred percent free. 100% ubiquitous. It doesn't get any better than it is right now as, as a call yeah. as to information access. Sure. The problem is what happens when you have all the information, now you need to have discernment of what is right and what is wrong. And mm-hmm. if you are a person who is without the Spirit of God, all you have is to weigh information. Now, I would say you have a conscience, which helps you determine right from wrong. But the problem is, like, who is to say what is right? And I think that's the big struggle of our day is not information. Like, once we're all educated, we're all going to be better. Not true. You have more information access than you've ever had before, and your life is not better. What makes your life better is the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the problem when people come to that is they don't start with the fear of the Lord. They start with clearly the church and the God people who fear the Lord are holding back from me in a time where that's actually impossible, which I think is kind of fun to think about. Yeah. So anyway, any other thoughts? Hey, Katie's done. Oh, my gosh. Well, is it Proverbs 4.4? 4? Is that the one? <laughs> Your face always always lets me know exactly what you're thinking. <laughs> There's like zero. I, I don't, we don't have time to hit that one question, so I'm going to hit this next question. It's this is funny. This is not really a service question, but I find it interesting when the power went out Sunday. We didn't default to any of our normal songs to get through the power outage. I haven't sung "Amazing Grace" at Wells Branch that I can remember in four years of attending here. Maybe we can start throwing that in once in a while. Thoughts, Katie, on "Amazing Grace"? You y'all lost power. Oh my gosh. Yes, it was like during first service, first, second service, second, second service. service. The power went out in the for the first we six first. minutes yeah. of service, and thankfully Cody knew the heck what the heck he was doing. He gives the guitar over to Mo. We have no power, no amplification, so Mo just starts singing hymns with the guitar, and we all kind of ch- it was actually kind of sweet and spiritual. And then Cody's like, you know, where's the power? And he's like making magic happen in the back, and he finally gets the power back on. And then uh, we'd sung by that time, I think, two hymns. Hmm. Oh, that's really cute. It was cute. It was sweet. It was now granted only about a hundred <laughs> people or uh, maybe 80 people heard it or knew of it because it only lasts for the six month minutes of service, but it was wild. Don't plug in coffee into that one outlet. 
Which outlet? <laughs> we we definitely need to porch. have like a sign that says "Don't plug coffee into can, this outlet." Maybe we should put tape on that outlet. Yeah, put like, tape on. That. You're just like that one outlet. I'm like, which one? You know, that's what I mean? why the power went out. Yeah, yeah. We overloaded a breaker. It flipped, and then poor Cody was scrambling. Oh yeah. W- were you at first or second? We're at first. Yeah. yeah so that was yeah. It was at first that time. Missed it. I missed it. <laughs> it was it was That's fun. Hilarious. I was like I was like thinking to myself, what are we going to do? Uh, but we made it. Yeah. So anyway, say love you. Hey, listen. If you're listening from near or far, whether you're in Germany or whether you're in South America or South Africa, thanks for watching, listening. We are so excited that you are with us. We are a global show that goes around the world trying to help people out, and we can't really help you out if we are not knowing that we're helping out. So make sure you. Share, like, and subscribe. Tell a friend. Let everyone know to jump on to Pastorplex Podcast and share your favorite one, especially this one. Uh, we're so grateful for uh, you as an audience. Uh, Mrs. Katie Sass, any other thoughts to our listening audience out there of what they need to do to get this podcast out there? Um, well, thanks for making it through this one. <laughs> and I don't know. Share it on Instagram or Facebook or Wherever, wherever, wherever your heart desires. Why did you just throw this at me? I don't do this part. <laughs> hey, you're a professional marketing wherever, person. Wherever they're talking about UFOs, go share it there. Yeah, yeah. Wherever you're talking about UFOs, you need to share that there. Because listen, we're not going to stick our head in the sand. That's right. We will pull our heads out of the sand. <laughs> hey, listen. Thanks for watching. From our house to yours, have an awesome week of worship.